0: Okay. It's me. It's me on Thursdays and Lou. Lou, 6 a.m. there, dude. How are you coping?
1: I'm great, Andy. have been up since uh, prior to 5, so I've been up for about an hour so. I'm wide awake here. Got my um, sassiness, sarcasm ready to go, some coffee. the works.
0: Let me shut my window here so we can not hear the dogs barking in the background. So, yeah, let's start off with the Yankees today. How's that
1: yeah, let's just get that out, out of the way. We don't do a free
0: game show here. That's how it works.
1: Yeah, let's just get that right out of the way with the
0: Yankees. So, They Stel- got beaten... Well, I mean, I wanted to bring it up because Hal Steinbrenner was talking to reporters yesterday saying that obviously the New York Yankees are in the market for a starting pitching upgrade, right? So if they want to uh, get to the World Series for the first time since 2009, they are going to be exploring the trade market for a pitcher. We kind of already knew that. Uh, yeah,
1: that, that, that's not news to anybody, I don't think. But it's good that he's finally decided to uh, jump on board with that.
0: Um, he says that uh Well, they have $16.4 million of room without exceeding the luxury, you know, the luxury tax threshold. And they are, you know, they've been working overtime in order to keep their payroll down below that $197. And um, I don't think they've ever, have they ever been under?
1: It's been a very, very long time.
0: So they have um, 16 million. I, think, I feel
1: like since they made that trade for a Rod back in like the off season, maybe like 2004, um, they've probably been over it. So, yeah, for the first time in a very long time. But that's why I mean I know there's rumors going around. Oh, they'll trade Torres or something. But like I just don't see that happening. I'm trading Glaber gl- for. A starting pitcher. One, they have like six years left of Glaber, controllable for the first three years too. No, not even arbitration. So to trade a guy like that, who's making literally not nothing for a starting pitcher that might make like 15 to 20 million, would kind of go against everything. They're going to trade somebody, trade somebody that's not on the roster currently. They got tons of prospects down there in the minors. Trade four or five of them if you have to, but don't trade Glaber or Randar.
0: Yeah, I don't think that either of those two players are going anywhere. They're way too good. They're way too much of an asset to – I mean, they literally make the Yankees lineup at all – you know, the whole way through dangerous. It's just there's no bad hitters on that team right now.
1: No, none whatsoever. And the fact that they only put up four runs yesterday versus Fetty is fairly surprising. But uh, what can you do? But uh, Sonny Gray – such yeah. any gray I don't know how much you've looked into it Because I played DFS all the time I guess maybe um, I've noticed it a lot more But this guy cannot pitch in the Yankee Stadium But you throw him when he's on the road He's fantastic
0: Really? I did not notice that But I did notice the 7 hits he gave up yesterday In 5 innings So,
1: Yeah, I believe, and I don't have it in front of me But I believe yesterday I saw Sub 3 ERA on the road Above 7 ERA at home
0: Let's just go ahead and check this out So but, you know, there's a couple good things that happened yesterday. With Juan Soto being the youngest since, I don't know, 19, let's see. We got Juan Soto, two home runs, the youngest with two home runs in a game since 1996. He's the third visiting teenager to Yankee Stadium in the last 50 years to home run uh, the 20. other— yeah, and then the others were Ken Griffey Jr. in 1989 and Robin, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Lenny, help me out. Yount? Yount? Robin Yount. You probably know him. 1975. Yonk. Robin Yount, yeah. Yeah, so um, I know you've been a baseball fan your entire life. Uh, Adam Eaton is doing, uh, he's yelling at me. He's totally yelling at me what the name is. So anyway, thanks, Lenny. <laughs> you know he's always looking out for me. Um, Adam Eaton, three for four, two stolen bait or a double. And I think that Adam Eaton is back maybe for now, for the time being, until he stubs his toe again or something.
1: Yeah, for now. I mean, the, that that guy is so brittle. Um, it's it, it hard to trust him. Um, as is, I mean – We'll talk about this a little later. I know we're going to do a little buy, sell, hold um, fantasy segment at some point in the show. And uh, one another national was on that in Daniel Murphy. So we'll talk about that too.
0: What about Bird? Okay, Vic DiBetetto did a hilarious uh, New York Yankees locker room the other day where he just crushed uh, Bird and Sanchez because neither of them were hitting at all. Bird yesterday went two for four with his third home run. So... He could be waking up. I mean, who knows? We've never even really seen this guy in action for any period of time whatsoever.
1: No, we have not. Um, it's. I mean, that it's such. A, it's such a shame with um, with certain players that just do not stay healthy, regardless of you know all the all the access to trainers and this and that things that they have, and then suddenly you know they just. No matter what happens, it's always some sort of weird thing that comes out of nowhere that you don't see or hear about all of a sudden the guy is just on the DL.
0: So here's my best tip of the day. Here's the tip of the day, chat room. The best information that I have in this show will be Justin Miller. I've been trying to tell people to pick him up in every one of my leagues. If you're in any leagues with me, you, he's probably owned already because I've been going around just quietly picking him up wherever I can because this guy is really pretty unbelievable. So he was promoted to the Nationals on May 25th. He has allowed two hits in 10 innings. 10.7, 10, it says 10.7 innings. Um, unbelievable dude he's got four wins no losses he has an era of zero two holds and he just is the effector with the mostest dude this guy is the effector with the mostest
1: yeah, you know what? It's funny. I um, I didn't really know much about him until a few days ago. I um, run a team with a guy, um, Ron McLeese, so I do some uh, podcasts with And I'd actually try and bring him on here to do some podcasts with me on the site. But he picked him up, and I was looking. at was like, w- who did you just pick up? Like, what are you doing? Who is this guy? And then I looked into it. Great strikeout. He has a bunch of – he's four wins already now. Are you kidding me? Then he Gotten... got the win yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. 19? A, 19... a factor for sure. He's the new Andrew Miller, but – they can call him uh, J. Miller. I'd rather have J. Miller right now than A. Miller.
0: I mean, this literally is the best effector I've ever seen so far. Okay, I'll give I – mean, he's only – he's played in – let's see how many games has he uh, – he's been in eight games, 10.7 innings, and he strike out 21 batters in 10 innings. And it's just – what I'm. what we're seeing is not sustainable. I'm sure it's not sustainable, but he's – this guy is not young. He's 31 years old, so he's not, he's not a prospect here. But his velocity, when I went to search for Justin Miller and I went to just look at what, you know, who is this guy, I put him in chatter like last week, starting last week, and I pretty much tried to include him in chatter ever since. But he's like, his velocity appeared back all of a sudden. So they were like, uh, looking at him down at the miners and they said, okay, it's back up to like, I wanna say ninety ninety five maybe, ninety-three, whatever it is, it's good. He's great.
1: Yeah, well I'm I'm glad I own him where where I do and it'd be interesting to see if something were to happen to Doodle uh, with Kinsler out too, perhaps maybe they would skip over Madsen starting to get the saves and if they maybe use this guy. Maybe this guy's the next in line for saves should something happen to Mr. Doolittle, who typically does seem to deal with an injury every year.
0: Well, he got a 17 save yesterday. I don't think that Justin Miller is going to take over the closer role. This guy is not, he's an effector. Like, I mean, I, um, so he can pitch. The last two times he's been out, he's pitched over one, like, he's gone five outs, both um, of his last appearances, and then he also, um, on June 2nd, he pitched three innings, so the guy is totally able to pitch more than one inning at any given period, you know, at any given time, I don't think he's going to be a closer, Doolittle, I think, is doing fine, Madsen is doing great, I mean, Solis got his 11th hold, Madsen got his 8th hold, and their bullpen is really coming around, so... They got that going. Let's talk about my boy Trevor Bauer, my other boyfriend
1: of the week. Oh, yeah. You know what? Juan Soto, you brought up, and Trevor Bauer, you just brought up, won me some money last night in DFS. Me, too. Th- those two alone did did enough um, for where the rest of my lineup was okay, Yeah, and they— uh, you know, they cruised Trevor Bauer. So this is his fourth straight start with at least 10 strikeouts, Andy.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, I did a big – well, I did a he-said-she-said Said segment about Trevor Bauer, and I had so much to say. Like, these these are not that easy to do, and I really want to, like, just get the facts out, but I had, like, two pages worth of facts, and I only have, like, 10 minutes to get everything out that I wanted to say about Trevor Bauer. I love Trevor Bauer. I think he's got the best grit, dude. He's just got the best grit. He's such a hard worker And he does not ever take no for an answer And he always is struggling He's always uh attempting to get better Every single day he goes and works 100% At like perfecting his craft He's totally original unique person doesn't care what anybody thinks of him just straight up you know was made fun of didn't fit in Arizona like um, had to be uh, traded to Cleveland before he even really started to ever fit in luckily Terry Francona's there and totally just accepted him for who he is and likes him for who he is and just allowed him to like start figuring out I mean he figured out that everybody was talking and I don't know about everybody but people were saying that he was a bad teammate and so he was like I straight up just walked up to him and said why do you Guys think I'm a bad teammate, and nobody would answer him, right? So um, he said nobody would answer me either because they don't have an answer or because they just didn't want to tell me to my face. So I just did some real thinking about it and figured out that because I'm quiet, maybe people don't, you know, if, if, when you're quiet, people think you're either stuck up or they think you have ul- ulterior motives if you're not like, you know, laughing and joking around. So tr- Trevor Bauer decided that he was going to start joking around and he was going to start talking with people, and they started making these. Um, Little mini baseball me's in the dugout during games that they're winning. I mean, they've designed these little baseball heads to match every player on the team, like their announcer, their managers, everybody. And it's really like been good for the, for the ball club. Cleveland is definitely not living up to their expectations. I mean, they have not given him any run support whatsoever. They left nine runners on base yesterday and I just think that Trevor Bauer is such a great, uh, I mean, he really has turned a corner of maturity, and I think that he is just, I mean, he's got pitches that you can't even, uh, categorize at fan tracks. I mean, Fan, fan Fantrax. You fan can grabs, categorize them fan there grabs, too. But fan Fantrax. Nobody's categorizing it's, these it's pitches. All the same. Yeah. <laughs> not really, but. Yeah, I know. Not even he, close. Um,
1: yeah, you know what, though? Like, he, um, just watching him pitch last. Year in the postseason, um, you could tell that he he has this um, he he has this fire about him. He might be quiet, um, maybe you know, in the dugout in the clubhouse, but when he gets out, out on that mound, um, he has. I know that people like to make fun of us, um, Andy, when we talk about the mound presence, but it I is it is a real
0: thing. It's a real thing, and I don't care if you like it or not. It's it's whatever. So, but. Um, bauer dude he says that because you know he's got a website this is another thing i like about him he's built a website he does videos he talks about injuries he talks really in depth about injuries and how what he thinks about it you know he's a mechanical engineer major he's totally scientific everything's about just he's got that kind of mindset you know and people don't really understand that but that's how he approaches baseball that's how he approaches everything and um he said that one way that like he'll put on his headphones he'll put crowd noise to get used to the crowd yelling at him before the game so that he's not like standing on the mound and just you know being overrun by a bunch of crowd noise so he does that and then he finds one focal point in every ballpark um, that he can just focus on when he's starting to lose his mound presence or whatever he just focuses on this one point and every ballpark has a different one and then he pulls himself together and then gets his shit together and keeps going
1: What I like about Trevor Bauer, on top of all these wonderful tidbits, is um, when he called out the Astros pitching um, staff for cheating. I mean, I don't know if it's for real. I don't know if he has any proof, but I thought it was hilarious. Here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing about that. I say don't don't even knock him until you know for sure that this isn't happening because they even say on MLB Network. I mean, everywhere they everybody pretty much knows that pine tar or sticky substances is being used in baseball today by 60 to 70% of the pitchers that are on the mound. So uh, somebody could fact check me because I'm really not actually 100% sure well, of that statistic. Well, as
1: long as you don't put it on your neck like Michael Pineda.
0: What? Um, so, I mean, yesterday I was watching some <laughs> you could probably get away with it. Dodgers pitcher had it on his hat. You could just see, like, every time he would feel his hat, he would always. So whatever it is. Trevor Bauer has done extensive research on this. He's tried all kinds of different stuff in his lab that he's created with chemicals and sticky substances and he's tried all different kinds of things. He knows for sure that the, that with the technology that we have nowadays and the ability to be able to figure out the spin rate on balls, he has been able to prove that this is going to increase the spin rate on balls by this much, right? So it is kind of coincidental. I mean, look at, look at, Garrett Cole goes to Houston, and now his spin rate is like twice what it used to be. And the same goes for Verlander, okay? But I don't care if what they're about doing that it.
1: that Charlie Morton breaking ball? Guy went from uh, guy went from being, you know, journeyman, like decent to below average pitcher to having the 97-mile-per-hour fastball and that devastating breaking ball in one offseason.
0: So, just, you know, Trevor Bauer says things that are off the wall and different from what the mainstream people think, but don't question, I mean, do question it. Question it. Look into it. He's done the research. He knows what he's talking about. He doesn't just, sometimes he does spout off, but not, not like, not on this. So, I don't know. I mean, he used to work out with this, uh, uh, you know, javelin looking stick that he would use to get his shoulder. He basically says, um, throw to let's see warm up to throw not throw to warm up is how he puts it so he thinks that you should warm up your shoulders and stuff before you start throwing because even though we use throwing as a way to warm up it's not always necessarily proper way that just for him at least so but people would make fun of him nobody liked him everybody thought he was crazy he now they're, they're selling those crazy javelins like uh, wildfire because youngsters are starting to use them to work out because it's, I mean, you know, we haven't seen any Tommy John surgery with him.
1: Not, not yet, at least <laughs> not yet. Um, what other games were interesting? There were some, there was some boring I ones know. Can't yesterday. We just,
0: we, can't we just talk about Trevor Bauer the entire I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, I,
1: mean, we can. <laughs> I think I got my point. We if you'd like. Let's talk Mitch about it. Oh, thanks, Mitch. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do well in the uh, Lenny's Legion Fantasy League. Um, what are you
0: doing in there?
1: Uh, I'm in first for the moment, but we'll, we'll see how, how it goes. Give Probably yourself some led credit. by the Max Scherzer and Luis Severino at top of my rotation. I need some saves real bad in that league. What league is it? Because every i week
0: I post. I have two Um, of them. I don't know. You
1: have to ask Mitch. I don't think we're in. You have to ask Mitch. But uh, but the Scherzer-Savrino combo is doing uh, doing me well. Patrick C., trade Correa or Blackman for Pollock and DeGrom. How badly do you need pitching?
0: Okay, Paul, let's talk about the Mets for a second since this is a question in the chat room. Let's talk about the Mets. And poor DeGrom, okay, which is not good for fantasy owners, even though DeGrom is probably, I mean, literally one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's not having getting in. Look, he's got 10-game stretch where he's pitched a .87 ERA.
1: The yeah, Mets, he's easily the most unlucky pitcher in baseball right the Mets,
0: now. The Mets have lost eight of those 10, okay, because they can't score any runs. They were 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position yesterday once again. Um I just – it's hard to really justify trading for DeGrom with this Mets team not getting – it. wins shouldn't even be in fantasy, but it is, so we have to we have to take it into consideration. Well, let me
1: ask you this, though. You put DeGrom on a team that could get him run support, would he be like 11 or 12-0 right now? Cause He's he not going to the be.
0: Yankees, so don't even get your hopes up, dude. Uh,
1: no, I'm not. I'm not. There's no way those teams are making a trade, but – Let's say, remember last year there was rumors of the Astros going to be acquiring him. It's obviously not going to happen now. They don't need another starter. But let's say he was on a team like the Astros or the Red Sox or a team that can put up good offensive numbers to support him. He honestly could be like 11 or 12-0. Could be. He's been that good.
0: But let's talk about A.J. Pollock. He's been
1: almost as good as Max Scherzer outside of the left strikeout than obviously the record.
0: This is my opinion on Pollock. You cannot trade for this guy, dude. You can't even really draft him. I swear, you know, I keep thinking maybe he'll have a year again like he did in 2015 where he, you know, stole almost 40 bases and hit 20 homers. He could totally do that in a full season. What's the problem, though? He's not going to get there. He's on the DL as we speak. He's 30 years old, so he's not getting any younger. I don't think Pollock is a good idea. Was it Pollock and DeGrom for either uh, – what, what was the trade?
1: It was going to be one of Blackman or Correa no. for um, Pollock and DeGrom.
0: Yeah, no. Can't do it, right?
1: I would potentially trade Blackman for um, both those guys. I would trade Bla- – I said I would trade Blackman over Correa – just strictly on the oh, basis of it's be- easier to find an outfielder than a, you know, superstar type shortstop. But I think That's- it'd be hard to swallow regardless. However, if we can assume and it's hard to assume and you can't assume anything, that Paul were to be healthy, let's say, for the remainder of the season once he gets back, you can make the argument that he could put up similar numbers to that of Blackman for the rest of the season. Hell if he can actually no. stay in the
0: lineup. Nobody's putting up numbers like Blackman, dude, I think. I mean, Colorado Rockies are not even hitting well, and he's still, he's got, I I just, I mean, he's lagging a little bit in the RBI department compared to what he did last year, which was an amazing feat because he bat leadoff, but I don't think that I would ever trade Blackman for... I would be tempted to trade him for DeGrom, though. It depends on – it really just all depends on where – Well, that's
1: what it is. I mean, if you could get DeGrom plus a guy like Paul who, if healthy, could put up the numbers, it's not a bad move. I would trade Korea. The only problem –
0: Dude, (laughs) Korea Not he's not a not he's on he's definitely on the trade list, dude. You can trade him because he's not as good as people as his name. Don't
1: you think that it's easier to replace an outfielder though than it is to replace a shortstop? I know no. shortstop's deeper than ever before, but we're talking about a top what three or four short, shortstop? No, I um, do not.
0: I do not agree. I think Correa is totally dis- disposable, but Blackman is not. That's just my opinion. But you know, that's you can definitely check out the numbers. That's okay. So we did. Yeah, th- I mean,
1: it also depends on the format too. Someone's bringing up here: is it dynasty? Is it redraft? We're talking redraft. Um, you might be on to something. We're talking dynasty. I think there's no question about it. You trade Blackman. You don't trade Correa in dynasty league. No I, way.
0: Well, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, we're talking now Atlanta. Do you feel like the Atlanta Braves have played the freaking Mets like 35 times this year already?
1: I feel like they've played a lot of the Marlins and a lot of the Mets, but I wanted to bring this up, actually, so I'm glad you did. Um, Lenny and I were actually having the conversation yesterday off-air about um, pitchers and coming back from the DL, and do you trust them and their first start back? And we were talking Soroka. We were talking Maeda. Maeda didn't do so great, but Soroka, man, I mean, he came out. He had a no-hitter going into the sixth inning, broken up by an infield single by Michael Conforto. He looked really, really good coming back. And, yeah, I know it was the Mets and they can't hit and they're pretty much inept offensively. Um, but definitely a good sign if you're the Braves getting this guy back, if he can stay healthy, another great piece to this team, a team that was starting to fall off a tiny bit. Um, but them and the Nationals, I think, I know you love the Phillies out of the Phillies too, but I think those teams are going to start pulling away from the uh, – Phillies just a little bit especially if the Braves can't stay healthy in that rotation if Soroka can stay healthy if T doesn't miss too much time with Newcomb. Um they, they, they have a real good team in, in Atlanta
0: I don't think the Phillies are hanging in there, dude. They're just crapping it. They're crapping it, dude. They're over by... Yeah,
1: I think they're going to fall. I think they're going to fall out. Because, remember, when they were playing really well, Washington got off to a really bad start. But they've been one of the best teams in baseball since, I think, May 1st or the middle of May. So, um, with Washington kind of getting hot and playing as they should, even without Strasburg, they have Eden back, they have Murphy back, Soto's up. I mean, they... uh, they're a real good ball club. I think they'll pass the Braves at some point, too, and kind of cruise.
0: So um, speaking of the Nationals, what do you think? Do you think Bryce Harper is a loser player?
1: No, I think that that's a load of crap.
0: What do you think? Do you think that this could possibly be the, the Nationals' actually own front office dude putting this stuff out there? Because That's what I suggested.
1: He, yeah, I suggested that yesterday in the chat room. I mean, it would explain why they were – an anonymous executive it's not like they can go out there and say something bad about their player and attach their name to it um it could be one of those things where it's like um this guy's not good so don't spend a lot of money on him next year so we can bring him
0: back well i don't know it would kind of backfire if they didn't have rizzo in on it since he basically just you know let everybody in the world know how much he does uh value a bryce harper and i i uh I'm not a fan of anonymous anything. I feel like you should just grow some balls and say what you think. But nobody is going to say that anonymous – I don't know. I really think it hurt FanRag. I could tell you that. I think it really hurt FanRag as a website because – Well, I, I just
1: don't understand. Why even publish a story with the anonymous source?
0: Because somebody wanted it out there. You know how it works? Geez, haven't you been watching our political spectrum lately?
1: <laughs> oh, oh. I'm totally aware. I'm totally aware of that. But my my issue is for for them as a as a site or for you know their own credibility. It looks bad to me. Um, I, I mean, there's not much more I could say about that. Um, the let's see, the Reds Wait. beat the Royals. The Padres beat the Cardinals. How about uh, Houston Astros? They jumped on. Uh, I think it was Blackburn yesterday for the A's. They jumped on him early and often, won 13-5, 14 hits. And Evan Gaddis is on fire, Andrea. Two great games, I believe, with five RBIs. I believe he set a Houston Astros record for RBIs in a two-game span.
0: Dude, he's got, yeah, he's the first player in Astros history to drive in five two nights. The last seven, he's got 16 RBIs and five home runs. The last 15 games, he's got nine homers and 25 ribbies. Unbelievable what Gaddis is doing right now. Just came out of nowhere, right? I mean, I obviously this you just enjoy it while you have, and hopefully he's not sitting on your bench for some odd reason.
1: You you would hope not. I mean, I think if you own him, you're playing him because you're probably deploying him at catcher still. Um,
0: uh, Davis is nine. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm going back to Oakland here since we're talking about the Oakland Houston game, but. Um, Piscotti hit his fourth home run. You know, I'm a fan of Piscotti. I'm really hoping this could be like a feel-good story of the, of the season, but you know. it, it hasn't kicked into gear yet. Um, Chris Davis is 19 homers. We all knew that he was going to be a big, bad home run power boy. 48 ribbies for Chris Davis, dude. The I mean, really, Oakland is, is playing much better than, um, I mean, they're, they're at 500 right now. So, whatever we thought of them, you know, them and Seattle are just really giving the AL West a run for its money.
1: Well, Oakland is interesting because you look at them, it's tough to be them because coming into the year again, yeah, we didn't think they'd be great. They are certainly playing better than expected, but when you have the Angels who are a decent team, um, you have the Mariners who are playing some of the best baseball in the league right now, and the Astros, it's going to be tough to compete in that division. If you put them in the AL Central, they might be in first place.
0: I'm talking in the chat room. It, I'm, uh, we're, there to, we're discussing Bryce Harper, so I should just, you know, since it's silent. And you, all you can hear is me typing. We're discussing the value of Bryce Harper. There's an argument going on about – not an argument, just a debate, opinions, basically saying that um, Bryce Harper is going to be worth – he's worth like what J.D. Martinez is worth. He's a little overrated. He swings for the fences, um, this kind of thing. But I wonder – my my comment back was that he's much younger than J.D. Martinez. Doesn't he deserve like? D- is there any value in that when you're talking about these long-term contracts? That like, 100%. I mean-
1: I'm I'm comfortable giving like an eight-year contract to a guy in his mid-20s, not to a guy who's 30 or 31 years old. Totally, Harper, totally different. He has. And Harper's one of those guys who can. Um, at some point in his career, you know, he could always move to DH if he goes to the American League. He hits 34, 35 years old. He can move to DH and still hit a ton of home runs.
0: Harper is so much, I mean, more than his numbers, I think. I think that he has baseball instinct, which just goes down to the root of his being. That I mean, people will argue about this. It's kind of like mound presence, but you have baseball instinct and you're just you he hustles every day 100% you never i mean I, he's passionate he you know he does good things in the community he's a great clubhouse guy i mean there's been rumors that say that he's kind of an asshole but i really would beg to differ with that i kind of like to really believe that he's more of a a leader than you know than anything i remember him fighting with Papelbon i really was rooting for him to just smack Papelbon right up the side of the head.
1: Pardon my French, but Papelbon's an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, whatever it is, I mean, everybody's allowed to have their opinion about Bryce Harper, but that anonymous comment was ridiculous and totally deserved every word of what Rizzo said and more. So, it was nice to see him stick up for his player like that. Let's talk about the Dodgers. Um, Uh,
1: Well, we could talk about Jock Peterson and Max Muncie.
0: Let's talk about the Bench-clearing brawl that happened, dude, when Kemp ran over Chirinos at home play because Chirinos well, was in and, the base cap.
1: Andy, Andy, I don't get to watch Dodgers games because I live in Los Angeles, and that's how it works here. Oh. Unless you own Time Warner or whatever, you get blacked out of every single Dodgers game. Last night they were playing the Dodgers game on MLB Network, and I was blacked out. Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah, but
0: don't, you should get it locally then, dude, because don't you? You
1: should, but you don't. Because they want you to go to the to Dodger Stadium to watch the games, they actually black it out everywhere. There's only one cable provider in Los Angeles that carries the Dodgers games. It's enough.
0: Yeah, California for you, right? Uh, let's talk about Kemp. What What do you think? Oh, you didn't get to see it. Okay, So, yeah, so here's what happens: they,
1: they can legalize they can legalize marijuana, but they can't show the, the Dodgers games. Makes a hell of a lot of sense.
0: Well, marijuana is much more um, profitable, I have to say. Well, maybe, not unless you're time Warner Cable, but... So, okay, here's what happened. Uh, Matt Kemp was trying to come home. He was trying to score a run, and Chirinos was actually in the base path. I really think he was in the way. Kemp just mowed him over, but he didn't, like, it. you know, it just didn't look dirty. It was, it was basically he's in the base path, and he's running straight ahead. And then uh, what happened is that Chirinos got pissed off at that and kind of started talking, and they started pushing each other and throwing literally throwing punches at each other the the bench is cleared of course so that didn't go on very long but um there was a couple times at home plate yesterday where you know um the catcher was either not on in in the proper spot to make the out or they were in the base paths or it was just the whole um I don't know I mean it's like you're gonna when you're a runner you're gonna try to score no matter what Right? And if guy's in your way, you're going to knock them over. That's that's the way it is. Um, in fact, we've seen guys like Rizzo actually kind of go out of their way a little bit to make sure that this play is broken up. Um, I think we have some real like fuzzy rules on this whole thing and what players are supposed to do, but I don't think Kemp was in the wrong yesterday. Anyway, Kemp and Chirinos both got kicked out of the game, so that was the drama there. It went into 11 yeah, we'll innings. Yeah,
1: we'll probably see a suspension handed down to Kemp, too. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: For what, though? Well, we, I don't know for sure if he. I, I really can't, you know, say. But it you should. It looked to
1: me like it looked to me like he. Um, it was pretty intentional, according to Timmy McCloud. Hey Tim, how you doing, man? Hey Tim. Um, he ran him over with his hands extended and pushed and went after torinos
0: well he Um, was but don't you think tim that he was actually in the right he was in the base path right in the middle that's where Kemp needed to run to get a run so that's what i saw but maybe i'll totally um i'd love to hear you tell me what tim has to say so it takes a couple seconds for that to come through
1: yeah, we'll we'll see if if uh, if Tim responds to that. So I will be as sure far to as as uh, you know, next game, yeah, what, what's happening?
0: Okay, let's talk about uh, Miami beat the Giants five to four. That was
1: anytime Miami wins, I guess it's um it's certainly newsworthy.
0: Well, I guess, but they've actually not done that bad, really. They they're early oh they're twenty six and forty two. So I don't know why I, th- I feel like they just. They do have some highlights of their team. They do have some pieces that are, that are decent, like, um, Anderson. He's pretty much like their best clutch hitter, for sure. He's hitting 417 with runners in scoring position. That's fourth overall in the majors, and that's just, um, among hitters with at least 50 plate appearances, so. Um, yeah, they they, they have. And
1: Andy, did you hear about the uh, Chris D. Davis promotion? Yes, I did. In, uh, in yes, Baltimore did. with the free the free shots or whatever. I think I think that's hilarious. It's Are you brilliant kidding? too.
0: Dr Pepper shots. It's uh, amaretto and Miller High Life. And we used to do flaming Dr Peppers. Uh, one good thing about the West Coast is that you could light drinks on fire over there. Yeah, you can you can light drinks on fire and you can buy weed at the store, but you can't watch Dodgers on TV. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, they're these flaming Dr. Peppers used to have 151 on the top, but amaretto, and we used to drop them in a beer, and then you had to drink it like as a shot, really quickly. Those were really fun, but they had 151, and these are pretty weak. But the these these. bar owners basically just said that they're just really trying so hard to get people to come and watch the, the Baltimore games with them and they feel like yeah
1: well, they should actually you know what they should actually patent that Chris Davis drinking game.
0: They might, yeah, because it's a—it's really a spectacular idea. I mean, because when you're in the bar, you're going to probably eat food. You're going to be ordering. At least there's a crowd in there that's always good to have people in your restaurant, right? I mean, it really gets people to come in when there's people already in there. Um, But, yeah, the, the Baltimore Orioles are doing horribly. Chris Davis is batting ridiculously bad. He's hitting 150. He's got... Uh, four home runs, 15 RBIs, and 10 runs, and 207 at bats. And he's got, he's struck out 86 freaking times, dude. He's on pace to finish with 26 runs, which would barely beat Leo Cardenas of the 1972 Angels for the fewest runs by a qualified player in season in Major League Baseball history. He had 25. So.
1: Oh, oh. In, here, there's something interesting, Andy. Asimov says that uh, BJ's Brew Pub shows the Dodgers, but that means I have to leave my house to watch the Dodgers. doesn't seem worth it when I have every other MLB game right here in front of me on my big screen TV.
0: Yeah, they have the baseball package. Maybe you should get the baseball package.
1: It's well, cu- of course I have the baseball package, but they black out the Dodgers game still.
0: Even in that?
1: Yeah, e- e- even in that.
0: Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, well, let's just... Yeah. So the
1: Red Sox played. They, the they black it out on Direct TV. They black it out. I have I have it on my computer through MLB.com. I have it on Direct TV. No matter what I try try to do, I pretty much have to buy the Dodgers. I have to come up with a billion dollars to buy the Dodgers just to get a chance to watch them.
0: You could just walk over to Yankee Stadium. I, I mean, uh, Dodger Stadium, Yankee Stadium. You can't walk to Yankee Stadium, but you could sure walk to...
1: I mean, I could. I probably wouldn't. I, I could try. I probably <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't make it. I mean, I, I, I struggle to walk down the street, so I don't, I don't know how well i do.
0: Um, Jace Peterson is the only highlight of this, which um, says to me that Chris Davis was up to bat. And Jace Peterson... Okay, first of all, whenever Jace Peterson hits a double, then he steals a base. Because right after him comes Chris Davis... Chris Davis they shift on so bad that um, they don't even notice the runner on second base in Jace Peterson so when they're shifting to the other side nobody's covering third I've seen this twice so far this year in one week so when I look at the box scores and I see Jace Peterson got a double and a stolen base to me that says that they shifted and he snuck in a stolen base to third I don't know well, this for
1: sure I, I guess I guess that's the benefit of having Chris Davis in the lineup when he has someone on <laughs> second base. Yes yeah, so he's still third base easily.
0: He's helping Jace Peterson uh get some stats. Okay, let's talk about Toronto and Tampa Bay. Uh Jay J- Oh yeah.
1: This this was this was a hell of a game, let me tell you. Tons of action. Nothing. One and nothing final.
0: Zero. Five zero. Both teams. I mean Toronto was 0 for seven with runners in scoring position. They had eight on base that they left. Tampa Bay one for nine with runners in scoring position. Left ten on base. Um the the one thing I do want to say about the poor Jays, they're thirty uh they're thirty and thirty eight now they're 16 games behind the Yankees they're 13 games out of second wild card spot um and they're just ah uh, they had a they, they swept the it's Orioles really that's bad, it really
1: bad i guess is, the, is the, the way to
0: put it they're just horrible so anyway um there was a bunch of nothing going on in that game and let's move on to uh another well, game
1: well i do want to, i do want to say that i do think that uh Jay Happ could make a really nice um, addition for a contending team looking for a middle of the rotation pitcher. I think that would be a, a good trade by by the Jays to, to uh, unload him to somebody. I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about Degrom and Bumgarner and Archer. Um, you know, this is a guy that will not be hard to pry away from the Blue Jays and a guy who has playoff experience, who's pitched well over the last few years who can eat innings and certainly help a number of contending teams. So Jay Happ, watch out for that.
0: He might be hard to pry away if you're the Yankees and trying to trade within your division, so ha-ha there. I hope you guys can't find a pitcher. And by the way, the Red Sox are already way over the tax threshold, so they really don't care if they have to add a pitcher.
1: Very true. So, Andy, <laughs> are we ready for that? Uh, are we ready for that buy, sell, hold segment, or we have no. more games?
0: I want to talk about uh, Berrios for a second. Who I'm. Barrios, okay. Another boyfriend I, I, of mine.
1: Love, I love me some some Berrios. Also. Do you know how to pronounce uh, – this this is what I wanted to ask. We're going to talk about the Twins. I was doing a show yesterday, and I brought up this Adrianza kid, the shortstop on the Twins. And I, for the life of me, I cannot pronounce his first name. If you know how to, anyone in the chat room knows how to pronounce this name, it's E-H-I-R-E Adrianza. And I've known about the guy for a few years. He's been around. He's But I just – do not know how to pronounce his
0: first name someone please help me. i think it's like ethray or something but honestly you just don't even bother with it just talk about his last name and everybody will know who you're talking about and that's my solution okay
1: (laughs) fair enough okay so Jose okay
0: let's talk about jose barrios just for a second even though he gave you know he allowed seven hits but he only walked one struck out seven it's another guy that just um can't God, the freaking twins are such a disappointment. I mean... Just no run support for Barrios. So whatever it is, they're a big, uh, they're just a big disappointment. Reed, Addison Reed, blown save number four yesterday and a loss. So nobody's really holding it together for him anyway. He's got a 351 ERA. Next year maybe will be better. I really think he's obviously a pitcher on his way up. He's learning still. So he's, I don't, definitely don't think he's hit his, his peak yet. Eddie Rosario and e- Eduardo Escobar, I get them confused, but luckily they always do something similar. So like yesterday they, they, um, <laughs> he Eddie Rosario hit his seventeenth double, and Eduardo Escobar forty-one RBIs after two two RBIs last night. And did Lomo steal a base? Is that for real? I think Lomo stole.
1: Anytime you can get a stolen base like uh, from a guy like Logan Morrison, that's pretty good. Yeah, Eduardo Escobar has been like a revelation this year. Tim McCloud called him ea Ooh, see that's that's a good one ea i like it 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 makes it uh it makes it easier to um for Adrianza, EA and Polanco coming back soon. I think Polanco gets his spot back. Adrianza nothing special. It's not like he's hitting, you know, two ninety.
0: What do um, you think of Matt Boyd? He's got a three point two three ERA, struck out five, walked two, two earned runs yesterday in five innings. Joe Jimenez is actually he's another guy that's kind of sneaking in in that like middle reliever role. That he got a, he got a win yesterday, but he's been getting holds and wins and kind of stuff
1: yeah i mean he's one of those guys that everyone's been talking about he's going to get the closing job and i know shane green's had some hiccups every now and again but i think green has what 16 or 17 saves on the year who's been probably one of the um most effective closers in baseball considering where you got him in drafts this year
0: i don't think we really talked about seattle but you got to admit give him some love here i mean seattle and oh mitch my God, Mitch
1: is- Haniger, yeah Wow, what he, this guy is
0: doing. He's the real he's the real deal, dude. He's a real good hitter. He's a real good player. He's not only a good hitter, but he's throwing, I mean, making these assists from the outfield that are, like, unbelievable with his defense. Well, he's, he's just an all-around great player. Gene Segura got caught stealing for the fifth time last night. Nelly Cruz hit um, 16th home run. He's got 38 ribbies. He's even with missed time, and he's, like, a defying age, really, but I think we're starting to see a little bit of that age sneaking in, and I probably won't be drafting him next year. This is probably my last year on Nelly Cruz, but I still really like what he's doing. And uh, Ryan Healy, 13th, Homer.
1: Yeah, I thought that Ryan Healy move in the off season went very unnoticed. It was very low pro, Not a lot of people talked about it, but he... Uh, he had really good numbers with the A's last year too. I think he had some injury issues then. He obviously had some injury issues to start this season. and went back on the DL. But the uh, Angels
0: got problems. Big fan of Ryan Healy. Angels have problems, dude. Without Hotani, I'll tell you, they got Garrett Richards came in two innings yesterday, 35 pitches to 10 batters. Then uh, Ramirez comes in two innings, uh, nine batters, 34 pitches. Um, just not not so good for the pitching department. Blake Parker, blown save number two, he pitched two innings, uh, two hits, one earned run, one walk, three strikeouts, allowed a home run. He's not a bad pitcher, but geez, it just seems like he's just, if you own him in fantasy, he does so little, and he hurts so much when he does stuff like this.
1: It does. Uh, Tim brings up a great point about the Mariners. When Zagur and Gordon get on base, um, with that like with that speed, do they have the the dynamic of those two players atop top of a lineup um, is a huge factor for Seattle. Segura is up top and hits. I believe I think he has the best average in the American League actually since the middle of May, sitting like something over 400. Gene Segura, so um, he's been fantastic this year with that average, the speed, all the runs. Um, he's terrific, and I, don't, I think Lenny might have brought it up yesterday on his podcast, but with now D Gordon at second base. For the Mariners, they've said that when Robinson Cano comes back, he might not get his job back at second base because if they qualify for the playoffs, of course Cano not eligible to play with the suspension. They don't want to move D Gordon back. To the outfield and then have to move him back to second base again if they get to, to the playoffs. So I think that, what's um, going to be with Robinson Cano is certainly up in the air when he does come back.
0: Well, what I heard was that, or read, or heard, or whatever, that um, he's going to share time with Cano at second base. They do want to keep him active at second base because of that exact reason that you mentioned, but he can still play outfield too. I mean, I don't think that Robinson Cano is going to get uh, full time at bats when he comes back because of that. So that's something to be. I'm more concerned about it on the Robinson Cano side, obviously, and keep D Gordon um, active. But he has had a couple of struggles, like with his foot. He's had a sore foot and stuff, so they also might want to keep him fresh. So, yeah, they want to keep him warmed up, but they also want to keep him from, like, you know, being hella tired or injured when the playoffs come. So either way, um, Cano is the guy that – I mean, look how good they're doing without Cano. Maybe they just won't even bring him back. Maybe they'll just leave him. Yeah, well,
1: I was going to say it it seems – it seems crazy to say this, but if they're continuing to play this well, then he becomes eligible to come back. Do you really want to insert him into the into the um, into the lineup all of a sudden and disrupt what's been going on? I mean, obviously, if something were to happen to Nelson Cruz, let's say, be injured and they need a DH, sure, use Cano. But I mean, my God, like to disrupt the chemistry that this team has right now without him wouldn't make a lot of sense to me
0: okay real quick the Reds and the Royals the Reds beat uh, the Royals seven to nothing and I just want to touch on Tyler Malley dude six innings uh no earned runs three strikeouts and I just what do you think of Tyler Malley
1: um I like him pitching in, in Kansas City not so sure I like him pitching in Cincinnati or really against any team that has the resemblance of a major league lineup outside of a couple hitters. I mean, the Royals have less wins than the Marlins right now. It's not like they're playing good good ball by any means.
0: No, but, um, I mean, I don't have his overall numbers in front of me, but it seems like he's, from what I can remember, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Let me look him up because I thought that he was pitching pretty well. Just overall. He
1: has been. Bidon says, do you want to sit and upset somebody – who she's still 120 million to. Uh, I mean, for this year, sure. I mean, I Upset think Seattle's him? most biggest concern. Really? I think the biggest concern for Seattle right now is trying to get to the playoffs. They have the longest drought in the big leagues right now of not getting to the playoffs. Um, if wait, it means
0: what, what, wait a minute. The <laughs> question was, well. Would you want Do you wanna to
1: sit and upset Cano, and they still owe him 120 million?
0: Oh, please! I don't um, give a shit about Cano. Neither does Seattle. I mean, they upset. He, they were pretty upset, I'm sure, when they fa- had to lose him for all of these games when they relied on him because he's on steroids. I mean, that's kind of disappointing and upsetting. But you know, they're going to still owe him the money regardless for the next however many years.
1: Exactly. And in the they can, it's not like they're not going to play maybe next year or moving forward. But again, like I said, if something would happen to that. And Cruz, or anyone else, it could open up a lineup spot for him. But right now, I wouldn't want to disrupt anything
0: going on. Let's talk about your. Um, we'll just skip the other games because, whatever. I don't see anything that exciting about the other you know, games. Yeah, it, it, it was Strong Wars night to look in San at Diego. The other games
1: here. Go to the go to the box scores. You'll see the rest of of the scores. Hold on it's a minute, a, though.
0: One thing about the Padres, dude. They're kind of lighting it up, and nobody's paying attention. They're thirty. Uh, they're. 33 and 37 right now but they've won five straight series okay that's the first time since 2010 and they're batting a major league best 323 with runners in scoring positions over the last five series those series that they've won and that's when when they have two outs they're batting 286 so They're like one of the few teams in baseball getting it done with runners in scoring position. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know if this is like an, you know, an out, if this is normal or not normal, but I've noticed it more this year than I've ever noticed it, that teams are not scoring with runners in scoring position. They're not, they're leaving, you know, runners on base way often. So that's just a, you know, something that I've noticed. But so you gave me a bunch of players, pretty much a full team of players. And the question is, do we buy, Low Sell high, which I don't even know if those two things are real. Well, it's it's, it's, it's
1: buy low on the player, sell high, or because you've given up on them, or hold because you think their value is going to rise.
0: So you sell high because you give – wait. When you've given up on a player, what do you do with them? You trade them. You sell low.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so you're either selling because you've given up or you're selling high on them because they're lighting it up right now. You can try and buy the player low or you hold them because you think that either they're going to continue status quo or maybe their value is going to continue continue to rise.
0: So the game really – okay, so let's start with Cervelli. you got Cervelli on here. You, You start, and then I'll know how to play.
1: So for Cervelli, you look at the numbers overall. And it looks pretty good for a catcher, with catcher being kind of a dumpster fire, but he's really done absolutely nothing lately at all. And if there's someone who's looking for some production at catcher, I would try and sell high if possible, try and sell this guy before the numbers continue to drop. Because on the surface, if you're not paying attention to how he's doing overall, um, lately – the numbers look good for a catcher
0: are you kidding me yeah we're still at a point where his numbers are still um averaging out in comparison to the rest of the catching pool uh that they're still looking really good but literally he has been just a bad bad. in the last 30 games he's hitting 197 that's a month straight of just 197 hitting he's got uh one home run in the last seven so that's good that's keeping him up there but i agree i i think that you definitely um hope that somebody isn't paying attention to, like, recent stats and just still looking at overall stats. The same guy that was freaking out at the beginning of the season trying to sell players, you know, that's probably a good target to yeah, get. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's that's my that's my thoughts on Cervelli, at least. And uh, my next guy is Greg Bird. So <laughs> he has three homers. Hits in a great lineup, but he's hitting under 200. I would still try and buy low right now, even though the injury risk certainly scares me. I do think if he's playing, the home run and RBI potential could still be through the roof. So for me, I would, I would try and, um, I would try and buy low right now on Greg Bird because he's hitting under 200, hasn't gone into um, enough, you know, enough games yet to really make that judgment on him, and some people might look oh, uh, he's hitting 200, oh, uh, I had to wait on him this year, he's injury-prone, I think people would probably sell him low at this point.
0: Um, so, you know, the the fact that Greg Bird is just, he's he's got 59 plate appearances on the season, so you're right, he doesn't have a huge sample size here. I don't really know what he's going to do because we never really saw him last year at all, like the whole season. We never saw him. And the year before that, I mean, he's got, he's never been healthy, it seems like. He's never, ever had now anywhere near a full season of at-bats. I just get, I crack up at at Bird because Vic DiBetetto makes such fun of him and just can't. The other day, he had a a locker room meeting with Greg Bird, and whenever he wanted to get a response from Greg Bird, all you could hear in the background was a bunch of birds chirping <laughs> that,
1: that's amazing oh, i love that guy he's so funny
0: oh it's just hilarious okay so you can look that up on youtube it's called the new york yankees locker room and it is an unbelievably funny series about the yankees literally it's one of my favorite things about baseball and i hate the yankees and i i mean this guy is a serious yankee fan but I, you just gotta love it it's every team needs a vic divoteto in their uh, in their pocketbook. So with Greg Bird, I feel like you've held on to him this long, and with players that I've held on to, like the next guy that we're going to talk about, Daniel Murphy, you can't give him up right now. You just can't. You cannot sell them because you've been the guy stuck with them on your bench, so you deserve to be the guy that gets some kind of benefit from it. Unless you don't think that Greg Bird is going to get better, which you kind of have to at this point.
1: Yeah, see, so exactly. For me, if I don't own him and I don't, I would try and buy low right now to try and uh – uh get him. And then there's, yeah, you mentioned Daniel Murphy. So obviously, um, was He's injured towards the end of last year, didn't play all season until a couple of days ago, hasn't gotten a hit yet. Um, if someone's willing to trade this guy, I would try and buy low because I do think that he will at some point regain that similar form to what we've seen in the past that all-star type form and I know I'm pretty sure he's a free agent at the end of the year so I just have a feeling he's going to be one of those guys that um, turns it on the second half and if you can grab him now before he gets going I think it would be a great buy low candidate.
0: The guys had over 538 plate appearances every year since 2011 which he had 423 plate appearances and then in I just think that, I mean, number one, he's 33, so you got to expect this age thing to catch up with him in the injuries. But either way, he's been pretty consistent as far as getting full season of at-bats. And if he missed this much time, he's probably, obviously he's not going to make it this year. But what you can expect out of him from here on is, uh, I don't know, 15 homers? 20 homers from here on out, and hopefully a good batting average. I mean, it's hard to fathom that he's going to hit like he. This guy's. A, he,
1: I don't know if the power is going to be there for him so much anymore, but I think that why? Um, an over 300 batting average and a tons of RBIs could certainly come for him.
0: Why can't he hit 20 homers?
1: Well, he's never been a huge power guy to my knowledge. I think, I mean, I'm not looking at him right now, but I would imagine his career high is probably only 22 to 25 homers. So with three months left in the year, I'd be happy if he hit me 10 or 12.
0: Do you remember when he used to steal a couple bases, too? Now he doesn't do that either. I'm not buying on him.
1: He's old and slow. Um, How about Elvis Andrews, because he's missed obviously most of the season. He's going to be back at some point and quite possibly traded away from Texas as well, um, considering they're going absolutely nowhere. Um, They have, you know, they're chilling there with profile. I think Andrews had to become a free agent after 2019, maybe had an opt out at the end of this year um, as well. I think Texas could certainly trade him, but even if they don't, um, this is a guy that obviously, when he gets back, is going to produce. He's a good ball player, um, and you know you might be able to get yourself a you know top five to seven shortstop from somebody who has him sitting on the DL and maybe has a good replacement for him right now
0: good for home runs, good for stolen bases. Uh well, obviously we can't see say much about what he's doing this year, but I would say he's a buy low definitely. Um he's not doing that great in his rehab down in the minors, but um he did play 7 innings at shortstop on Wednesday. That's the second time in 3 rehab games that he's played um in the field. So he's been out since April 11th. I really do think that he is going to be back after this weekend. and uh, he'll he'll probably spend the weekend down in the minors, but um he's definitely a buy low for me he's got a contract that he signed eight years 120 million uh that he signed in 2013 so he's getting paid a reasonable price and definitely could be traded to another team that might need him like maybe the Dodgers
1: yeah that's the, the Dodgers exactly are the team I was kind of thinking of for Andrews you can move Taylor back to the outfield'll we'll have to see speaking of the Dodgers max Max 13 homers in just 45 games, guys hitting two seventy seven. I love what I've seen from him, but we've also seen this type of player before come up, have a really great stretch, and then eventually kind of just fizzle out. For me, as much as I love that I would have him right now on my team and pretty much gotten for nothing off the waiver wire, I would try and sell high. I certainly don't think he can necessarily keep up these numbers. I also think there's a lot of players... Defeat kind of there in LA. They have a lot of different guys in the lineup. Um, So I just, I feel like the playing time is going to become more limited. He won't really hit first lefties that much. I would try and sell high on this guy right now.
0: Well, right now he's batting 348 against lefties, so I don't see that coming. And uh, his batting average on balls in play is under 300. I don't know. I mean, who knows about this kid? He's 27, so he's not a kid. He's obviously had his. You know, chances before – he he's 27, and he's just never really stuck. So we could say that about him. There, that gives you good reason to doubt right there. Well, um, he's one
1: of those guys for me, Andy, that if you're hurting for pitching right now and you have an opportunity to sell him high while he's at his highest – I would try and do so for some pitching. I mean, obviously, you're not just going to sell him for for so, nothing. But, but I'd rather try and sell him when his value's at an all-time high. I mean, that's when you want to sell a guy that you are unsure of. It's Tell- when the value is as high as it is.
0: Okay, let's talk about his position eligibility. Last year he played 21 games at second base, so he pretty much qualifies at second base in any league that does 20 games. Um, he also played 21 games at outfield. So uh, while he's played in the outfield five games this season, he still qualifies from last season in the outfield. He also now has played uh, first base 18 times this year and third base 23 times. So that qualifies him at first, second, third, and outfield, which is a great uh, – it's, that's that's excellent for position eligibility, I think, and well, yeah, he's kind of
1: this year's uh, he's kind of this year's Marwin Gonzalez. In- in that respect tons of eligibility having a season well beyond what we've ever seen from him or what we could have expected from him and if you would have if you're in a keeper dynasty type league and you sold high on marwin last year you're happy because right now he's doing absolutely nothing
0: and this guy can totally take walks he's always had a, a decent walk rate he's always he's always been good at getting on base so you got that going the fact that he plays everywhere is good Um, And and the Dodgers obviously need him right now because, you know, Cody Bellinger is not doing what he did last year. Yasiel Puig is not doing it. Nobody's really doing it on the Dodgers.
1: They're getting better. Josh Peterson, Matt Kemp, and Max Muncy are your your L.A. daughters right now. So, So Michael Brantley,
0: dude, 35 Yeah, there's two outfielders
1: here that are killing it. Um, Brantley, I think, hitting – about 315, 11 homers, 40 ribbies, having a great year, set to become a free agent, I believe, and he's actually stayed healthy so far this year. I'd actually hold him right now. I wouldn't sell. I wouldn't buy. I'm just going
0: to hold. Do you believe it? I mean, his contact rate is 90%. That's pretty – I don't think I've ever seen a contact rate that high. I probably have, but I'm not very often. I don't recall anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, this is a guy that I owned when he had that like MVP cal, caliber season, and then ever since then he's been very, um, he's been very frustrating. But I mean, he's staying healthy, as as I mentioned right now, um, and the fact that he's in that contract year, I know some people don't buy into that. I always kind of buy into that sort sort of thing.
0: Okay, I'm a um, believer in Haniger. Who? What are you? A believer or no?
1: Yes definitely a believer in Hanneker he's another hold candidate for me and Soria is the real deal and before last year before his injury last year he was hitting very well too I think he's really you know kind of found his stride didn't get much of a chance in Arizona got traded to Seattle and he's been really good ever since
0: definitely having a breakout season and I am a total believer so let's talk about Soria I have a feeling that you're going to say that you don't like Soria
1: I do like Soria because I own him in a lot of leagues, oh. but he's a guy I'm going to sell. <laughs> you have he's a to. guy I'm going to sell because he's been racking up the saves lately. Nate Jones on the DL, which means the job is pretty much his. It's has But his. I do think he'll be traded at some point this year. And once he's traded, he's not going to get traded to a team where he's going to be the closer. So I would sell Uh-oh. him right now while he has that closer save value because once he's traded, he's going to lose it.
0: I don't know if he's tradable, really. I mean, I don't know what the White Sox are paying him, but I don't think, I mean, I don't know how good he is. But he has lowered his arm slot, and he's had really good results, okay? He's had six opportunities that he's recorded save straight, and he's only allowed one unearned run in his last 12 appearances in 11 um, and two-thirds innings. He's got two walks during that time and 13 strikeouts. So, um, like, uh, he basically saying that he's throwing sidearm to right-handers.
1: Well, that's why I think he's a perfect sell high candidate right now, because he's been good lately. He's getting saves, and there's always teams in, the, in your league that are hungry for saves. I mean, I, I have a couple leagues where I'm hungry for saves, and um, if you can get a guy who's more of the lower-end type closer... In a guy like Soria, and you can try and turn him into something that's actually going to help you for the rest of the year. I think it would be a very good um, guy to try and sell right now because people will buy those saves, and at some point you're going to um, you're, you're, you're going to lose those saves probably because I think he's going to uh, I think he's going to be traded and lose that. That closer's job So trade him before he gets um, trade, trade trade him before he gets traded In real life because once he's traded in real life Like maybe an Alex Colomay type guy All his value goes down the drain
0: I really am a big believer in drafting And selling closers dude I love drafting them And getting them for relatively cheap And then trading them Because they're like freaking gold dude In fantasy that's the bottom line They're like gold So here's what we learned today Trevor Bauer is going to be the greatest pitcher that ever walked the planet Earth. Uh, And Justin Miller should be owned in everybody's leagues. But if you're in a league with me, he probably is already owned because I snuck around and picked him up. Lou, what's your genius of the day?
1: My genius of the day? I haven't even said it yet. Um, People might give me shit for it, but uh, I'm going to sell high on Mr. Garrett Cole
0: right now. Oh.
1: Love the strikeout rate, obviously, still on that side, young pace, but I have my doubts it's going to last all season long. Um, I just, we've never seen him pitch like this for an extended period of time. Um I think you can sell high on him, get yourself a quality pitcher and maybe help yourself somewhere else offensively where you're lacking. Um I mean it could come back and bite you in the ass obviously at some point, but um if I have Garrett Cole I'm gonna field offers and see what I can get. I think I can get at King's ransom for him right now.
0: Oh God. You know what? Last year I made the best trade of my life when I traded Kluber for Stanton and O'Dor. And um, this is the type of thing that I think of when you talk about selling Garrett Cole. Right now you could get a total, I mean, I would be putting it out there. B-Don,
1: hold on, B-Don, be, be he was good in 2015, but he was not like this in 2015. Obviously he said minus the Ks, but the ERA was not sub-two or whatever it is right now. He just he just, he just wasn't this type of pitcher. He's a very different pitcher now than he was when he was with, the pirate, just in general, I agree that he has shown some flashes, but he's never been this good consistently. I'm not saying sell Cole for nothing or just give up on him. I love the guy; I own him in a few leagues. But um, there's certain players at certain times of the year, like you mentioned with Kluber andy, um, where you can actually you know, get much more than they sh- should be worth. I think you can get yourself a quality starter and something else for Cole right now. Um, and, you know, at some point he could very likely hit a wall where, you know, maybe he throws for a three seven five or 4 ERA over a month or a month and a half. And um, if you're in a roto league, for instance, you, you know, you've gone the best from him and – Potentially, it's time to move on and get something of equal or greater value because of his value right now.
0: I totally agree. If you can get uh, if you can get a couple of hitters, I, I do believe in trading for trading away players. Um, at their highest value if you think that he's at his best right now and you th- and you can definitely move up in the points by scoring a couple of stolen bases and a couple of rbis or whatever then you do what you got to do i mean garrett cole is obviously at his highest value um, and he hasn't been pitching as dominant the last couple of times that he's no, been out. no he has
1: not been he has often that's a great point and Tim brings up another great point. Houston's going to rest their starters likely in the second half and limit their innings. So, um, so I should something hold on like to Brad Peacock? Him, um, yeah, it's possible.
0: Yeah, I should definitely hold on to Brad Peacock because you never know. Um, Vlad Guerrero is injured. Um, Toronto has a ton of youngsters coming up. Lenny wants to know who's the next to be called up. I think that there's a couple at A Buffalo that could get called up before any of the um, – what should I call? You know, the three sons. They're like they're they're like the Toronto Blue Jays are owning all kinds of um, born and bred baseball players.
1: Right. Everybody, um, Andy. I heard you asked a terrific question actually the other day on. Uh, serious radio about uh, just ab- about that is um what do you think of prospects that um i think it was something along the lines of what do you think of the prospects that come from the baseball family that have the baseball blood in them i think it's a brilliant question to ask because oh, yeah, that was it rich is something wilson. to strongly consider it is something to strongly consider um when you're looking at some of these prospects
0: so rich wilson is our friend and um partner with tim mcleod over at um shoot really andy how could I forget? They have a great, um, can you, the bullpen, the bullpen. Okay, whatever it is. C- tell me your website, please, so that I can spread the word. And, I, I mean, I'm so sorry that it slipped my mind. But Rich Wilson is, okay, Prospect361, Lenny's yelling at me. But, okay, so he was on um, as our guest the other day, and we talked to him about prospects. And he's really um, very well well spoken about prospects because he watches them and that's what he specializes in and he uh, you know that question came to mind while we were talking and he does think that it definitely plays a part it's kind of like mound presence. You can't really you know put numerous numbers to it but you could definitely tell that these players have been born and bred in baseball. They've been watching baseball and playing baseball since they were um, rolling around in their cribs so you know it's just that's it's like part of their genetics. And, and he agrees that it definitely makes a difference.
1: Oh, it 100% to me makes a difference. And you talk about also things like baseball IQ. Um You've got to trust a guy, a kid that, you know, grew up around the game. I mean, they were, you know, obviously on the field, in the in the clubhouse with, with their fathers. Um, and, I mean, you look at a guy like Aaron Boone, for instance, wasn't necessarily the greatest player on the field, but the guy's the Yankee manager right now, firstly, because that home run he hit. Against the Red Sox, but because he comes from a family of just great baseball minds, you know, like um, he was fair, pretty much handed that job because of nepotism almost. Even though the Yankees don't own the, bo- the boot, to the boons, anything, um, when you come from a family that you know has been in the game for years and years and years, two generations, three generations with him, um, you know, it adds that some some clout to you.
0: I don't think I've seen, but uh, there's got to be instances where there's so much pressure on the kid to be like their father that um, it's got to also um, bite them, too, sometimes. There's got to be instances of where, you know, the player just never really lived up to their, never filled their dad's shoes, and that could happen, too. But as far as what we're seeing with Vlad Guerrero, he's excellent. We know he's excellent. He's, he's hurt. So I hope you didn't invest too much money. But if you were listening to my show, you definitely weren't buying Vlad Guerrero, even though I know it was a popular thing to do for a while. Um, okay,
1: so it was definitely a popular thing to do. And one more thing on the uh, the family thing, obviously it hasn't worked out as well this year. But if you bought into Cody Bellinger last year because his dad played in the majors, although his dad was more of a you know. Um, depth guy, um, utility type guy. I think his name was Clay Bellinger. Um, He was a, um, you know, if you bought into Cody Bellinger because his dad played was a former ball player last year, you, uh, you were licking your chops.
0: Right. Um, Cody Bellinger is having somewhat of a sophomore slump this year, but, you know, not so, not horrible. Just, you know, I think it just took a little while for the daughters to click. But anyways, we're going to let you go now back to work. And I think that, you know, people really appreciate getting that extra 30 minutes of uh, off time. You know, we, we give you extra time to be off work while you're supposed to be working and getting paid.
1: It certainly give you an excuse to try to get that extra
0: time off. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Lenny will be back manana. We will be on Sirius on Saturday and Sunday. And um, that's that. Enjoy baseball.